Hi, everyone. Welcome to Connected Living Podcast. Um, I'm Taryn Jacoby, transformational coach and therapist. And with me today is Lucinda van Niekerk, metabolic balance coach and nutritionist. And today we're going to be talking about self-love. Um, so I don't know about you, Lucinda, but uh, often I find that um, self-love gets a bad rep. And I think uh, it's often seemed to be something that can be very selfish or self-centered. But um, you and I have spoken about this before because I think until you put yourself first, you can't really fully look after other people, um, whether you're a mother, a carer, a coach, a therapist, or whatever. So what is your experience around self-love? Thanks, Taryn, and thank you for introducing our second podcast. I love self-love, and talking about it, it's... It's actually such a selfless act is what I say. You know, you're so right. And we have spoken about it at length because it's such an important topic, not only for ourselves, but for our clients. And I think my experience with it is when I wasn't looking after myself, I would burn out. And that was, that was the end. That was it for me. I would burn out. I would have chronic fatigue wrap myself underneath my duvet and stay there for a couple of days. And then I wouldn't be able to do anything other than just listen to my body. My body would just like completely say, that's it. Because I used to push, 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 push. Um, because it is self, self love for me was very, very selfish. I would put everyone and everything before me. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, I had to first figure out what my needs were. Mm. Like, what did it mean to have self-love? Like, what does self-love mean, right? Yeah. Um, do you want to share a bit around that? Yeah, and I think I completely understand, especially, you know, um, as, as a coach, a therapist, and I think this is the same for all coaches, therapists, and healers out there. You know, we are always wanting to kind of help the world and help other people. And it's just in our kind of human nature that we want to put others before ourselves. But as you progress in this kind of career, you realize that you have to put yourself first in order to be able to help your clients um, more fully. Um, and, you know, talking about the burnout as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That, I mean, that, that is the risk you take by not giving yourself that self care and self love that you, that you need, especially when you are a mother or you're in a demanding job you know and um, because when you're burnt out i've actually spoken to people who have had adrenal fatigue and have been like bedridden stuck in bed cannot move out of their bed for like three full days and yeah. if you're a single mother like what do you like what are you going to do like how are you going to look after your kids when you're stuck in bed for three days or longer um you know and that is the reality right that is what what happens and it did it happened to me many many times and i'm sure we'll touch further on in this in this episode we'll we'll touch on you know the moods the the, the mental well-being around burnout and what happens when you don't take good care of yourself but energy levels my energy levels were really 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 depleted as a result mm -hmm. and when energy levels are low and you hit the nail on the head with saying what do single mothers do or single fathers single parents out there oh. um even healers like what do we do when our energy levels are low my mood is immediately affected I'm more irritable and then how I show up in my family environment, right? And that is, that is the other 
area that I think um, doesn't really get shown up enough, like the spotlight gets shifted, right? And then all of a sudden, you hear people screaming at their kids, um, you know, you're arguing with your partner, you're reaching for that glass of wine or whatever it is, but my mood would immediately be affected. And I can feel within myself, right, when I'm tired um, and when I need to take that step back. But I think so many of us just don't know what it looks like inside of ourselves. Like what comes up for you internally when your body is trying to tell you like, Hey, need to take some time out. Um, and I think that's where awareness around self-love and how to cultivate it is so, so, so important. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, I think there's like, there's two parts to it. Like coming to mind, there's, you know, understanding um, that you are, worthy of you know looking after yourself and wanting the things that you want and giving yourself those things that make you happy and that kind of um you know that feeling of not feeling good enough comes from mm. conditioning and and all that so it's it's working through that understanding where that comes from and then the other part of it is you know one once you feel that you're worthy it's about um you know recognizing the things that make you happy that bring you peace that make you feel feel fulfilled and giving and giving yourself the time to to have those things whether you're you know even if you're super busy just waking up 15 minutes early um to have a meditation go for a little walk in the park you know whatever it is that um gives you those feelings of happiness and love and peace so yeah 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 it's um it's interesting because what immediately came up for me when you said worthiness, right? Like, am I, am I enough? Like, am I allowed? Like, like giving yourself that permission. I, I still remember it must've been five years ago now. And I was at work, um, working part-time as a nanny. And I just decided, I was like, I can't carry on like this. Waking up at five o'clock in the morning, getting home at eight o'clock at night. I had to take a break in the middle of the day, somewhere along the lines. And I was really fortunate that the kids were at school, but I felt so guilty for putting my headphones in and listening to a meditation at like 12 o'clock or one o'clock that afternoon. The noise that I was hearing that um, inner chatter that was like, what are you doing? You're getting paid. Like you can't, you can't be taking this break. And it took many, many, many months for me to work through um, that internal chatter because I didn't feel that I was allowed to, like I didn't give myself the permission to take that break. And um, I, yeah, I hear this with our, like with my clients so many times, and I'm sure you do as well, that internal chatter just yeah. is very loud sometimes, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, so I, and I'm, you know, talking about that inner chatter and those inner voices and where that comes from. I think, um, you know, like I've noticed with my clients, it doesn't matter, you know, whether you've had a really traumatic childhood or whether you've had an almost perfect upbringing, you know, everybody has those same kind of underlying beliefs of not feeling good enough and um, fear of rejection and stuff. But, um, you know, you might have a child who gets like straight A's all the time and then one time he gets a C and his, his mother says to him that's, you know, he can do better. And um, mm -hmm. that kind of is going to stick in his subconscious and little incidences like that. So it's really hard to, it's really hard to avoid. But I think 
um, as, a, as a parent, I'm not a parent, but you know, I've thought about this a lot. And I think to be able to give your child the tools and the understanding how to create their own beliefs from a young age, I think would be really powerful. Um, so that they're not carrying this kind of thing with them for so long. Um, and then getting to you know, adulthood and trying to remove this conditioning um, as much as we, you know, we do now. But um, I think mm. firstly, it's the awareness um, of where it's coming from and then work, uh, you know, working on um, how to remove that conditioning and um, reprogram those beliefs. Yeah. So I know, I know you listen to Marissa Pierre as well. She always talks about the mind only listens to you know, two things. It's the words that you tell it and the pictures that you, that you make. So start thinking about, you know, start noticing how you're talking to yourself firstly, you know, when you make a mistake, like, you, are you calling yourself a stupid idiot? Because if you are, you're going to start believing you're a stupid idiot. Yeah, because yeah. The, the mind can't differentiate, right? Whether it's, um, it's this one time for this one mistake, or if it's um, like happening right now, or if you're thinking back into the past, like, oh, I was such an idiot when I did that, or like, how could I have done that? Uh, um, the, your body feels like you're going through it right now. And we're constantly reliving it every time, um, even though we might not even, it might not even be happening right now. Um, it's really interesting because when I was writing my dissertation, it, it was on um, post-traumatic stress disorder. And my mentor said to me, she was like, ah, speak to yourself like you speak to your best friend. Mm. And again, it's so, it's, I don't know, these things just seem a lot easier said than done. Mm. Um, because the way I was speaking to myself, I would never speak to my best friend like that. Yeah. Um, and I think around really what, 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 what we treasure and what we really want to do a really good job at and we really want to do our best, I think that is often where the self-talk comes becomes a little bit more um, like serious or a little bit more harsh. Mm. Um, and to have that awareness is really, really, really amazing. But it's a, wor it's a work in progress. Oh, yeah. I don't know what what, do you, what are your thoughts on this? Like, it's yeah. a working. Do you still do you still speak to yourself like, you know? Yeah, and I think sometimes? yeah, and I I, I, don't, I think like I don't know. Maybe you know maybe it never goes away. But I think the way that you deal with it, and mm. you know, the the you, I think I believe you become more compassionate with yourself. Firstly, mm. so you don't beat yourself up as much. Um, I think you you recognize that it comes up a lot less. Um, the more you, you work on it and the more you give it like space and acceptance. Um, and yeah, it, and things become easier. So I think in the, you know, in the beginning, it's um, a lot harder to kind of move through those limiting beliefs, but if you can give them the space and acceptance, um, instead of trying to like resist it, it makes it a lot easier to be able to move through them. Um, and, and I like that you, yeah, so I like that you use those words, move through them and not remove them. Yeah. Right? Because that, that's very important. And I think it's a, it's a message that might get missed out there in the world yeah. where we don't want to just um, abandon certain parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. It's, it's becoming, um, 
more loving towards parts of ourselves that we want to hide away that those shadows so to speak that we want that we don't want anybody to see about ourselves that we just we want to portray this image of perfectionism and that I'm doing everything right and I think especially for women that we're following the rules <laughs> um and it's really interesting that our conversation is going down this um, path because this in the, this conversation is around self-love, but yet it's not just what's portrayed out there as bubble baths and um, spa days, right? Everybody can start creating and cultivating self-love even when we're listening to a podcast or going for a walk or, you know, it's not that we need to pay for expensive spa trips or make sure that we can actually have a bubble, bubble bath every week. Um, you know, it's, it's not just those things that bring us self-love, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think, um, you know, I think it's about being your best friend. I love that you said that. Um, cause I always work with my clients on, you know, like, learning how to either be your best friend or, you know, your, your best parents or your coach or your cheerleader, even, you know, whatever works for you, but about changing the language, the way that you speak to yourself um, and then, you know, doing the inner work. Um, and then on top of that, it's all the kind of, you know, things that make you happy and also just having fun. We spoke about this the other day as well, mm. you know, like um, having fun in life is so important as well. And, um, I love like on a Sunday, just like taking some time out to like dance around the kitchen between cleaning the house and cooking and stuff. And my husband yeah. thinks I'm crazy. Like I've got a hula hoop and I'm thinking of getting some roller skates and who cares? Like whatever makes you happy, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And I think when we're so busy being busy that we forget to play and have fun. And we think often that, oh, play is for kids. Yeah. But, um, we all have an inner child inside of us, right? Yeah. We, what, are some all... of the things, what are some of the things that you do that, um, that make you feel like happy and give you mm. that self-love that you need? Food. <laughs> <laughs> Food. It's my, it's my uh, true love. I really enjoy cooking. I enjoy feeding people. I enjoy good food. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's opening the fridge and there's always something to eat. Mm. It really just makes me feel like I'm taking good care of myself. Yeah. Um, I think for me being a first time mum and the first year of breastfeeding has been so full on and I could feel the difference between eating really nutritious food Mm. And reaching for bread and that fast burning sugar, you know, refined carbohydrates, I could feel the difference within myself. So it's really um, for me eating really well. And it's not all the time. I mean, I eat chocolate. I really fall off the wagon. I'm, you know, mm -hmm. human. I love red wine and crisps. But it's um, it's about finding the balance, I think, for me. And I love going for walks. Forest walks are my absolute favorites. Mm. Um, bring me so much joy. And yes, dancing in the kitchen to Florence and the Machine. I love it. Put it, it on so loud. Yeah. And um, yeah, just dancing. I try and do that at least, you know, a couple of times in the week while, while I'm working. Um, but I think it's... Also, the other things around doing a brain dump, having a 
a plan, you know, like everything used to be urgent in my life a couple of years ago. I just didn't know about planning. I didn't know about prioritizing and everything was, I felt like a firefighter. And that really caused so much um, like energy to be depleted from my body and like my mental energy. And I was just exhausted. But I wasn't exhausted from accomplishing a lot. I was exhausted from thinking about everything I wasn't doing or what I was supposed to be doing. So for me, self-love was even cultivating a, um, a time management yeah. protocol. Not, not to sound too um, you know, serious about it, but it really helped me. It really, really helped me. Yeah. Yeah, that's super important. And I mean, I don't, you know, I spend, I feel like I spend a lot of my time just organizing <laughs> and moving my, moving stuff around in my diary, but it's so important to schedule in time for yourself, mm-hmm. for your family, um, you know, for um, just time out, um, for exercise, you know, I have all those things I've scheduled into my diary because they are just as important, probably more important than, you know, the work stuff that you've got scheduled into a diary. So you need to, you need to make sure that that's in there as well. Yeah, it, it comes down to prioritizing, right? And I think that this topic of prioritizing self-care, mm. maybe when we start looking at our menstrual cycle, right, as women, like it starts becoming really interesting when we're looking around the science of exercise um, alongside your menstrual cycle, because my clients, for example, and myself, I used to be very, very go, go, go. I'm just going to push, push, push through. I'm just going to do whatever it needs to, whatever I need to do to finish Mm -hmm. and to um, um, exercise and to get it all done in a day. But what I learned was, that it's really important to start listening to my body. And um, it's really interesting because on the first couple of days of my cycle, I'm really tired. My energy levels are really low. Mm -hmm. And a couple of years ago, I'd be like, no, I've got to still train. I've got to do, you know, this, 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 and this This is my to-do list. Um, But now I just listen to my body. I cut myself Mm -hmm. some slack, even though it's in my diary I'm really flexible with myself. And I think that's the most important word here is flexibility Mm. because sometimes I don't feel like doing that. And I used to beat myself up about it and go, I need to work on my motivation or why am Mm. I self-sabotaging? But sometimes our bodies just need to be. Yeah. They need to rest and recover. And it's really interesting because um, when we start looking at nutritional interventions and how to support the body to get the best out of ourselves, or even um, look at, you know, balancing the root causes of whatever is going on for that individual. Um, it's very, very important to start listening to the body and what's right for one person isn't necessarily right for another person and I think it's even true with self-love mm. like how every person fills up their cup looks different right to everyone individually right yeah and I, I love um I love the whole co- connection of the of food and you know self-love and self-care and um this is exactly why we're doing this podcast right yeah. but um but yeah, it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on, I've been like hearing some people talk about intuitive eating and stuff. So talking about listening to your body, um, what are your thoughts on that? From a so 
perspective. Yeah. So that's a very, very um, interesting topic. I've like, I love it. Look, there's, there's, when we start looking at restrictive diets and strict calorie deficit diets, I've worked with quite a few women that have come to me and they're eating between like 700 and 900 calories in a day. Um, which oftentimes isn't even enough for their like basal metabolic rate to support their organs and so on. Um, I get really, I get really sad and I get, I used to get really angry and upset about this because it, it's, it's upsetting to think that we need to reduce our calorie intake in order to lose weight. And when we start intuitively tapping into our bodies and start listening to what our bodies need, we end up eating a lot more fats and a lot more protein. And when we start looking at the body as a whole and and start supporting it as a whole, like when we start sleeping better, when we start moving our bodies, whatever that looks like for you in that moment, like maybe a a soft yoga a session would work for you in that moment, or maybe you feel like going for a nice long run. It's very, very important to start listening to your body and tapping into your own intuition. Um, I often see that with really strict calorie deficit diets, there's binge eating that go alongside it. So I've had people come to me going, please just sort out my head. Like I can't stop eating. Like my hand is constantly in the cookie jar. (laughs) But when, when we start looking at what they're eating, it's not supportive of the actual brain major like such a huge portion of our brain is is fat but if you look at the diet there's zero fat in the diet because there's this limiting belief or false belief or old belief um that fat makes you fat um so you know, when we start looking at intuitive eating, I think when we are connected to our hearts and connected to our bodies, we know what it is we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're eating a, a really well-balanced diet, then what, what we find is the weight doesn't increase. Um, binge eating stops because we're satisfied. We feel really good within ourselves. And I think that that is really important is that we're nourishing ourselves and loving ourselves with a lot less restriction and rules and all these tight confined boxes um, that I often find people you know putting themselves in so it's a very very interesting topic yeah and I love it I love I actually love I love the word nourishment you know and um just thinking about that um nourishing ourselves and uh, that it's like a two-way thing with food isn't it because if we are beating ourselves up and talking to ourselves negatively and you know we're restricting ourselves so much then we're more likely to have an unhealthy diet um, and then the other way around as well, when we're not eating a healthy diet, um, then we, you know, it's not feeding our brain. So we're not, um, you know, we're not in a place to be giving ourselves that self-love either. So it's kind of like a two-way thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's very, very well said. And I think when we are nourishing our brain, it has such a huge impact on the rest of our body. And I think that often that, that you know, intuitively eating and eating for our brain health and eating for health and nourishment instead of 
like what we look like in the mirror, I think that reframe has such an important impact on people's well-being, right? Yeah, and, um, you know, I've worked with some clients on kind of weight loss and stuff as well. And, you know, so many of them are, um, you know, so fixed on the idea that they're only going to be happy once they lose a certain amount of weight. Um, and they put so much pressure on themselves that, um, you know, it's a much a much better way is to just learn to be happy in yourself with the body that you have. And then you, you give yourself that space to be able to, you know, um, focus on the things that you want to focus on and, and choose better um, foods to eat and choose, you know, exercise and, and stuff like that. So, yes, look, it is, it's, it's difficult it, or it could be difficult in the beginning just to get the, just to get the momentum, just to, you know, because our bodies, there's a certain level of, um, addiction right between sugar and like our and cravings and our body really wants it and sometimes you know you're unconsciously eating a whole bar of chocolate and you're like oh my gosh where's this chocolate gone right mm -hmm. um so i think it there are two parts to it we need nutritional strategies and we also need internal support we need to support that inner voice and how we speak to ourselves and like our self-esteem as a whole, right? Um, that loving yourself right now with the body that you, that you currently have. Mm. Like, how do we do that? Like, how, like if, if you're not truly happy with where you are right now, it can, it can feel like a real internal conflict sure. um, and, and battle. And I think that um, it's then so much more difficult to then eat the vegetables and, and not the slice of slice of bread. Um, and I think when you're tired as well, mm -hmm. it's your body is craving sugar. And I mean, this, this has been a tough, tough year for me. And I can truly say that I'm, I've sat on the floor crying my eyes out because um, on paper, it looks so easy to follow what I know I should be following, but I just couldn't, I really struggled. Mm -hmm. So in that moment, it's really important to have that compassion and to have that empathy and understanding and go, do you know what, listen, it's okay. Enjoy yeah. this, enjoy today, eat what you're eating, be kind to yourself mm -hmm. and then start again tomorrow because one day of eating badly or one day of not exercising um, is not going to have such a huge impact on, on our, you know, end goal. Yeah. If anything, it's really good for our mental well-being to allow ourselves that space yeah. to, to nourish ourselves. However that means in the moment, um, so yeah, it's very interesting. Weight loss is a, is a, um, I think it's a topic that most women have in common, actually. Oh yeah. Most women can relate very, to. Very common. Yeah. But that's such a beautiful, um, example. So thank you so much for sharing that because, um, you know, it just, that, that, you know, you handle that in such a beautiful way. And, um, I know it's easier said than done to change your mindset and to move from that frustrated, um, you know, judgmental uh, mindset into a place of compassion. Um, you you have to, you know, it's a conscious, it's a conscious decision. It doesn't happen automatically overnight, like we said before. Mm. You, you, you know, it's baby steps. You start changing your words and um, start catching yourself when you are, you know, being 
um, harsh on yourself or judging yourself um, and just slowly start changing that. And you might not believe the things that you're saying in the beginning. Yeah, um, that's true. But you know, you, you will, you will eventually reprogram your beliefs the more you say it, you know, our, our minds learn by repetition as well. So that's a, another example is, you know, giving yourself nice affirmations. Um, you know, I am, I am beautiful. I am enough. I deserve success. Yeah. You know, I am great. Um, and just having them like on post-it notes on writing it on your mirror um, and just repeating it as much as you can. And um, a really kind of simple way that you can start to, to shift those, those thoughts as well. Yes. And I think the, the other part to affirmations is creating an emotion that you can attach to what that feels like yeah. reading. I am beautiful. Like what does that feel like within your body and really anchor that, like think back to when, or think of a time when you were beautiful like really connect to that part. Like even if you're looking at yourself right now and you cannot see yourself as beautiful, I would definitely invite you to look at like in your mind's eye at a time when you were beautiful um, and something will come to mind. Definitely. Um, and, and keep that and anchor that and really connect with that emotion of what beautiful feels like to you. Um, I think that's a very important part when we start looking into affirmations and I am statements. Um, yes, it's great to shift the, the thought patterns and start, start, you know, um, changing the language, but it won't have a, a huge impact until we start anchoring that emotion. I don't know. Like what, where, where are you with this? Because I think I get really annoyed when people are like, just say, you know, I love you. I, you know, I am beautiful. Like all these things, but yeah, it's not until, yeah. yeah, it's not until you anchor it and start really believing it and start feeling what that feels like within the body yeah. that it can actually start having a, an impact. And I think that's why it's so important to work with people like yourself and like myself, like who, who take you through the whole process mm. of actually coming out and reaching your end goal. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. I love I am statements. And um, yeah. that is the other actual um, activity that I, that I do on a day to day is actually listen to Louise Hay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really old school, but I love her. Um, just on a YouTube clip that I just listened to her and um and I, and I start just envisioning what that looks like and what that feels like. Um, so uh, that's the other way I fill up my cup for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, uh, you know, emotion plays such a huge role in it. And I was talking um, about this on one of my Instagram posts the other day, but it's about, you know, instead of getting frustrated, thinking about your desire, which is like in the future and think, you know, you, you start creating this, um, I want this, feeling of lack mm. um, but if you can think about you know like what is that desire whether it's losing weight or you know buying a house or what, whatever what is that what is the deeper meaning what what do I want to achieve from from that am I going to feel more fulfilled am I going to feel more confident am I going to feel happier and how can you bring your your those feelings into the present you know what are the things that make you feel more fulfilled what are the things that you can do to make yourself feel happier mm. um, you know, and um, start doing more of those things in your life now so that you can recreate those emotions that you want to feel 
when you eventually achieve that goal, whatever it is. Oh, I love that. Thank you. That is so, so, so important. And I think a couple of years ago, when my goals were so out of reach for me in, in my own life, like it's so unattainable, like I didn't have mentors or um, figures in my life growing up that, that had what I wanted. Mm. Um, I looked at what other people did. What other successful people in that, that I follow, like, what do they do? What do they think? Like, how do they, what do they do? Right? Like how, like, because anyone can achieve their goals. That is definitely a belief that I, that I carry. Um, and so even if you feel that like, Oh, it's so like outside of my own, think of other people use like model model what they do. Um, and I follow, <laughs> I followed some really, really cool people. Um, and I think a podcast that I listened to at the time was Tim Ferriss. He interviewed so, or still interviews actually so many incredible people out there that share what they do on a day to day. They share um, what they listen to, what they read. And it's like, like you said, you know, we really need to start reframing um, our thought patterns and start rewiring um, um, our brain. And it's all about the information that we bring in and whether we listen to something or read something or, you know, it's all about like consuming information that that's different Mm. to what your beliefs are or what to it it has to be different like you have to become somebody new Mm. um and shift your identity completely um for you to to get to where you want to be um so anyways i (laughs) got i I love i I think what i think what it is is about um you know just removing all those like onion layers Mm. and it's, it's, it's really weird like i think the whole thing is a bit like crazy but you know we come into this world as a baby and you know we don't we're not worried about like how we're behaving and acting as a baby that people are going to like judge us or you know we're going to feel don't look at me or that we've got <laughs> like snot running out of our nose or whatever and then we grow we you know we grow go through childhood which is when most of our beliefs are formed most of the conditioning was created and then in adult life, you know, we spend most of our adult life trying to remove the conditioning <laughs> to go back to how we were when we were a baby. <laughs> it's just yeah, like, um, it's crazy. Um, and so much of our of our adult um, behavior is run from the unconscious mind, but we don't even know sometimes what we're doing or like why we're doing it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really interesting. Um, yeah. But I absolutely love this topic cultivating self-love and it's great that we've like spoken about so many different avenues within cultivating self-love and one thing that just popped into my mind now was like even nutritional interventions like balancing your blood sugar levels or reducing your cholesterol like if if those things aren't in place then it is very difficult for you to mm-hmm. to start doing um, like following a, a weight loss program or start like looking at the root cause of certain diseases because they 
they drive one another, right? Like, like sugar is so inflammatory and it affects your mental well-being and like your brain, like it's so interlinked. Like we, like we said, the body, you know, we look at the body as a whole. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is very important to do both aspects, right? When we start looking at um, cultivating self-love, it's like we can't just do one thing and not not the other, right? They it's so interlinked and intertwined. Um, but yeah, I love that metaphor about a baby because you know, like people go, but I've got stage fright, or like I don't like people looking at me. And as babies, like like watching our little son, he loves attention he never like shields himself like oh my gosh no don't look at me don't no don't don't look at me I'm a bit shy now <laughs> he's like yeah give me more give me more <laughs> he loves it <laughs> so yeah. it's a very interesting uh, metaphor I love that one thanks for sharing that yeah and talking about um the interlink as well I think we mentioned we talked about this earlier but um you know like when you are not working towards you know loving yourself and giving yourself that compassion and stuff how that can lead into you know stress anxiety um and start creating um you know like it leads uh, lead into eventual like serious illnesses and stuff eventually um you know what are your thoughts around that yeah i mean there's so much research out there on um how thoughts and feelings affect our health and how it is actually um, embedded within the cells. Mm -hmm. And when we start this, like this is a whole other um, podcast episode, but when we start looking at epigenetics and start looking at um, like how we actually start transcribing new cells and, and new, yeah, new organs and, and just like, um, change the whole body right because it it renews every like whenever it does i i don't have the exact numbers now for when each organ renews and replenishes and um but it has such a huge impact and i think that it is often underestimate um not like yeah what is the word when you start um when you don't actually know how important your thoughts and your emotions, like what an impact that has on the body, um, it'll come to me. Underestimated, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's underestimated, right? Yeah. Like, like, how, like what the impact is on 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 the body, and it is, it's huge, and you you see it in in some people, especially around weight loss, where when they've actually worked through the stress and anxiety and like their thoughts on like what people think of me or like, like their own worthiness, then the weight starts dropping. Yeah. Um, so, and, and the pain goes away like, Oh, I used to have like shoulder pain, but now it just, it, no, you, you know, that inflammation has reduced the pain has gone, the migraines, um, binge eating. So, and I think that, that often that it's not linked. It's just like, Oh, mm. I've lost weight. It, it must've been, you know, that keto diet or, or whatever, yeah. paleo diet, yeah. um, whichever one it, it's chosen. Um, 
but it's, it's not often that people go, Oh, it's because I actually started implementing self-love and, and started journaling and started brain dumping all the toxic nonsense that's in my head and started like actually having it released from my body. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's, it's such an incredible topic and, uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah. I've got this book, um, that I've been referring to a lot lately called the secret language of your body. Um, and I love it. I use it a lot with my clients because, um, you know, when my clients are saying to me, oh, I've got this like ongoing back pain or I've got um, arthritis or whatever the issue may be, then I'll look up, you know, what are the emotions behind that, um, you know, that, that physical aspect in your body. And then I can kind of help them get to the root cause of, because a lot of the time, our, you know, um, emotions are creating physical reactions in our bodies yeah um and if you can get to the root cause of it you can help release those emotions like you were saying so absolutely and there's another one the body holds the score i think i will um i'll have a look who the author is and i'll link it to this podcast but it is our body does hold like it keeps track of of what we hold on to, whether it's emotions or thoughts or, um, so there's a, there's a definite link there for sure. Um, yeah. I love that you, um, that you take it a step further and you actually start looking at the root cause of these emotions and start shifting it and start healing. And I think a lot of, um, cultivating self love is around cultivating healing, mm. forgiveness, and acceptance and connection. I think a lot of the time when we're going through these journeys of self-discovery and evolution um, and emotional intelligence is what I like to call it. When we're becoming aware and um, you're able to articulate what you're feeling, because mm. oftentimes people go, "But I don't know. I yeah. don't like. I don't know what I'm feeling." And you have to start like exercising that muscle of emotional intelligence for you to even be able to articulate what is going on for you. Um, but connection is such a huge part, right? Within this journey, because I think oftentimes what, and I know for me too, like when I, when I have a bad day or when I'm just struggling with life, <laughs> whatever that looks like, I don't want to share I don't want to pick up the phone and tell somebody. I don't want to, I don't want to burden again, right? It's these, these, these limiting beliefs that we carry. Like I don't want to burden people with my stuff, but that holds us, you know, um, prisoner. Um, mm -hmm. and it doesn't bring things to the light and it, it, it keeps us from, um, shifting whatever is going on internally and connection plays such a huge part in that. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Like the connection part of things? Yeah. I mean, I was just thinking, um, like, you know, life is like a, a mirror. So if you don't feel like you are worthy or, um, you know, of love, or if you feel like people are, are going to judge you, then, you know, you might find that you struggle to find love or that you struggle to even hold on to love. Um, or, you know, it's about looking at like, okay, if I feel like people are judging me, turning that around, oh, okay, actually I'm judging myself. 
Um, or other people like oh my god have you seen her shoes like how quickly those thoughts just pop in right um even even the the movies that we watch girls can be so bitchy like oh have you seen her i would never shop there (laughs) i know but the thing is is it's in our human nature to judge but you know as we kind of go on go through this journey it's about letting go of that judgment yeah. of ourselves and of others but I think you start with yourself right and then it's easier to to let go of that judgment of others as well um but it's, it's you know it's so important for um your relationships as well to be able to give yourself that um self-love um because um if you are not you know loving yourself and giving your making sure that your own needs are fulfilled then it starts creating the codependency if you're relying on your partner to give you the love that you need or the compassion that you need then that can lead into you know an unhealthy relationship um where you know you're scared of losing that love or you you know find yourself people pleasing or doing whatever that partner wants you to do um and then you kind of can lose your own identity as well um and so you know in order to have the most fulfilling relationships it's so important to make sure that you're giving yourself you know, for, you're fulfilling your own needs first. Mm. That is another huge topic. Yeah. Hey, That's codependency. Yeah. And, and I think we're going to go into that in another podcast, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. definitely. And, and, you know, I, what I hear, even myself, I mean, when I, when I share these stories, it's, it's often only because I've been able to work through things from, from like my, my own life and like by myself first and then I'm able to you know but like being able to voice your needs to your loved one like that's huge like my mom used to say to me but you should know you should know you should know what I what I need or or what I want like um you know I don't need to ask you and I I caught myself saying this a couple of times to my husband like but you should know like you should know like how to like fulfill my needs. Mm. I don't need to tell you like what rubbish is that? Right. Like people, <laughs> we can't read each other's minds. Um, and I'm like talking about relationships and like what a healthy relationship looks like for me in particular, it became a lot healthier for me when I was able to voice my needs. And again, that's a form of self-love when it's like actually, you know, especially working from home and everybody is trying to find their feet. Like, you know, I was still in bed this morning. My husband's like, but do you want me to go work downstairs? Well, yes, please actually, because I would, you know, where before I'd be like, get annoyed. I'd be like, Oh, you know, I'm like, can you not see? Yes, I do. Of course. And that irritability and the moods and all of that where now it's like, he's asking because he really wants to know (laughs) like like how to support me. Um, And it's up to me, it's up to us to actually voice our needs and go, yes, please. Um, Or being able to say no Mm. and having that be a full sentence. Yeah. Another huge topic, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just thinking there's so much we could say on this list. Let's do a whole podcast on this one. Let's do it. Let's do it. Because, um, yeah, what came up for me in my body when I said no for the first time 
it's uncomfortable. It's yeah. like you want to explain and you want to like make sure that nobody is offended, but that's all part of people pleasing. So it's yeah. um, all such incredible topics. And I love, love, love these weekly podcast episodes that I get to share with you. Thank you so, so much. I really, today's episode, Cultivating Self-Love is just so beautiful. And it's definitely something I hold so true to my heart because for me, having worked through PTSD and chronic fatigue syndrome, and this is this is a huge, huge, huge area that um, that I've spent a lot of time on, and it's it's helped me. It's been life changing for me. Yeah. It really, really has. Yeah. And I think you know we wanted to you know do this podcast sooner rather than later because we have both been you know working with a lot of people and women and that have just been struggling with things like self-doubt, um, you know, imposter syndrome, uh, people-pleasing, perfectionism even. And, you know, uh, it's just, it's so common. And, um, you know, it's, it's led me to want to, I'm going to do a three-month program um, next year, which I'm super excited about. And we're going to be going deep into this kind of thing. But um, I'm running a, a workshop called uh, Reclaim Your Worth online workshop for whoever is uh, interested and wants to go deeper into this kind of topic. And um, this will be on Wednesday, the 25th of November at 6 p.m. UK time. So we'll be sharing the link uh, alongside this podcast. If you want to join, register soon, because I can only take a limited amount of people on it. So yeah, that'll be really oh, good. That is fantastic. Yeah, get on there, guys. It's going to be epic. Um, yeah. Thank you so, so much. I'm really excited and well done on all the work. Um, guys, it's, it's honestly, when, when we start giving, um, it's definitely from our overflow. And um, yeah, this is what we love. But uh, get on there. Get on there, guys. It's, uh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you all next week. And thank you so much, Lucinda. Lovely chatting to you as always. Thanks, T. Lovely chatting to you too. And um, yeah, till next time. Till next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.